This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Wrap Up Podcast, where every week we dive into all things 90 Day Fiance, covering season nine, episode nine on this episode. I am, of course, your host and conductor of the Hot Mess Express. Please, Zambakili, ready to talk about this cast once more. And for the first time this season, we have a second appearance for a guest. It is the one and only, needs no introduction, but I'm going to give it to him anyways. He is one half of the Nothing But Netflix crew. He is one half of the Bel Air post-show recap that's currently on break until Bel Air comes back, me being the other person. And he <laughs> talks about The Walking Dead. Basically, if there's a show on the air, you've heard his takes somewhere or another. It's the one and only Chappelle. Chappelle, how you doing, man? Puya, I'm good. And I'm here to drag these people. Oh, wait, that's Sasha's line. I'm Puya, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm I'm good. I'm happy to be back. Uh, I was so happy when you texted me the other day and said, "Can I come on?" I was like, "It was so, it was short notice," but I was like, "Oh yeah, it's my turn. Let's do it." So I'm ready. Yeah, man, I'm happy to have you back here, and I do appreciate you. You know, Chappelle is someone who, if I'm in a in a bind, I can lean on, and I do thank you for showing up with the little bit of notice. But hearing how excited you are, I feel like I I contacted the exact right person because my God, what an episode! So much to go through here. And I just, I can't wait because I, I feel like you came on what episode three, right? It was like the tail end of April, start of May when we yeah. last spoke. I think it was before we went to New York. So it's been a minute. It's been like a month and a half. So I'm excited to hear what your takes are now that we've seen six more episodes of these people. Yeah. I mean, quite frankly, I just, I miss talking to you. You know, Bel Air is on hiatus. And so 
this is my chance to podcast with Puyo. So I'm like, okay, if we gotta if we gotta talk about 90 day, let's drag these people, as Sasha would say. So yeah. um I have some takes, uh, and I, I don't care if they're popular or not because I stand by what I said during episode three. These people are crazy, and I only really support one of these relationships, <laughs> and even they are crazy. So um we'll, we got a lot to get into. I'll just say that. We do. So let's just dive right on in. Let's talk about Patrick and Thais. Now, Shipa, you have to remind me right out the gate. Had you met them yet at that point or no? No, I think Patrick and Thais came the very next episode. And so, or maybe mm. like they were briefly on one, but they weren't on the episode that I talked about. Um, You're so right. I yeah. haven't, I haven't really experienced them. And this was definitely an experience, um, seeing, you know, some of the way that I guess this couple kind of reminds me of some other past 90 day couples as well. Um, and so, yeah, I'm dying to hear what you had to say about this episode. Yeah, man. So we are 71 days to the wedding. So she's been here almost three weeks. And last we checked in with them, they had moved to Dallas from Austin because of Patrick's work and Patrick bought this new place. She didn't really love the place, but she also had no input and he said, deal with it. So we kick off the show. Apparently, there's no hot water at this damn building. And they've been having to take cold showers. John's called the plumber to look into it. And Thais is not showered yet. Chappelle, I don't even need to ask, but just for clarity, are you a hot shower guy or a cold shower guy? I'm a hot shower guy, but I've heard that, and I've tried this before, that like every now and then you're supposed to take like a cold shower to kind of jumpstart your metabolism. Like it's a thing that people do sometimes. And so uh, depending on where I am in my workout regimen, you know, for the year, um, then I, I might or work some you know, cold showers in there, but it's definitely not something that I live and breathe by. I, I would rather have a hot shower anyway. Like if the water is too hot, I can live. If the water is too cold, I'm not touching it. I agree with that. I mean, that's the thing too. It's like, doesn't matter how hot the summer is, I will still go for a hot shower and then just walk. And then the only difference is in the summer when you walk out of the shower and you know, you get that immediate, Oh my God, it's cold. Once the water stops, you will take that because it's hot. So I'm with you. I a hundred percent agree. I've never tried this cold shower method. Maybe I should, but I'll leave that review for another time, another place. So um, ultimately what happens here is Patrick comes into the room with John. John tells him, hey, I called the plumber, whatever. We don't get the end result of did they fix the hot water? We won't know. But what we do find out is John decides to bring up the conversation again of, hey, so have you removed locations now that she's here? And Patrick's like, no, I haven't removed my location. If you remember, um, Thais and Patrick, he's had to have his location on for the duration of them dating because of some trust issues that have been going on, which we'll dive into a little bit more this episode. But Patrick says, no, I don't have location removed yet. I, I will at some point now that she's here. And John obviously goes him on. You got to take off the security blanket. You got to man up. And I, John is the worst, man. He really is the worst. <laughs> Yeah, well, so John is their roommate as well, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, so he, so, yeah, he's very weird. Like, he's very involved in this. And I'm just like, could you just move out of the way just a little bit? Um, I get why he wants to push Patrick to kind of stand up for himself, uh, because Patrick is very like, conflict averse. But at the beginning of this segment, I really thought, like, yeah, you know, if he's not bothered by having the location shared, then it's not an issue. But if it's really driving him crazy, then yeah, he needs to speak up. I just don't think John should be the one really pushing the issue. Cause what does it have to do with you? Just let it go. 
Yeah, I don't understand why the location thing would bug John any. I mean, obviously, John is the older brother, so he might be protective over his brother or whatever. But at the end of the day, you don't quite know what's going on with them. If I'm John, I'm just happy that I haven't been kicked out of the house and I still get to stay here, even though my brother's fiance does not want me living with them and he's already stuck his neck out to keep me here. But it's John. Of course, he's going to push the envelope here. Moving forward, John is just going to keep trying to get put out of the house. Like that is his main objective. And you can't change my mind. He wants, he wants Saiz to come home one day and just be like, get the F out of here. Because everything he does from the beginning of this segment to the end of the episode is just like, how can I piss this woman off? How can I really drive a wedge between like me and my living situation? Because if it was <laughs> me, Patrick and I would be having like, we'd have to sit down. Like Saiz, like we'd have to like be like, Pat, look, I know this your brother, but he getting on my damn nerves. And so he got to go, um, especially once we get to the party later on. Right. Seriously. No, it's and I feel like he's successfully being able to maneuver it. And if you're Thais, you have to come in with a lot of patience. And so ultimately, this conversation ends. The next scene we see Patrick is taking Thais to dinner. And we find out that this is probably where he's going to start bringing up the locations thing. I'm bracing for impact. I know it's going to be a tough conversation, but Patrick has figured out a method potentially to soften the blow. So they go to this like beer garden place. He's having a whole beer sampler in front of him. She's drinking just water through a straw. And I'm like, okay, well, Patrick is the one that's, you know, bracing for impact. So he gives her this gift, Chappelle, and the gift is supposed to be a welcome to America gift. And it's this like gold box. It gets opened up. And she immediately freaks out. She thinks it's like a, an animal or a cat. It's it's neither of those things. It's lingerie and not one piece, but two different pieces. And one is specifically Christmas theme that is meant to be for Christmas morning. Yeah, it's, it's Christmas close by. I, I got, I'm very confused at what time of year it is, because when she when he gave her the box, the first thing she said is, oh, is this a Christmas present? I'm thinking. Well, when, when did, when is this taking place? Because if Christmas is not upon us, then you shouldn't automatically go there. But when she opens the box and then it is literally Christmas lingerie, I was like, well, maybe it's next week. I don't understand why you went directly there. Um, but it is a, it's, it's definitely like a choice, right? Like who pulls out lingerie at a bar in front of everybody? Why couldn't you do this in the car or something like that? It was a very bold move, I guess. I agree with that. I have to imagine as well. I don't because with the couples, they bounce around. Not everyone's the same timeline. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that we're in December and we're getting closer to Christmas potentially or it might have just passed. But he gives her the lingerie, but that's not all that's in the box. So the lingerie was the beginning. He says that's not even the main gift. So she digs a little further in the box, pulls out a phone and Based on the back of this phone, I can deduce that it is indeed an iPhone. Asia Welsh out there right now celebrating about this news. And yeah, we'll move on. Um, (laughs) So as she's looking at this, he's like, yes, American number for you. You got a new cell phone. And it's like, okay, very cool. But then he says, but with this, I'll stop sending location with you. And I thought, this is an awful segue. Initially, I thought you were about to land this comfortably. You gave her the phone, and the first thing you said is, "Yeah, no more location." Hmm. Yeah, I you I feel like you could have did this a little smoother. Like honestly, Patrick, um, you give her the phone, 
let help her set it up or whatever. And then when she's like, hey, could you share your location? That's when you say, well, actually, but you don't have to do that in the moment. You know, like we're at the bar. I'm sure the producers are like pushing them like, no, 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 do it right now. But yeah, I feel like you could probably smooth that over or just pretend you forgot. Like, oh, did you share your location? Yeah, I don't know what's happening with that crazy phone. Are you kidding me? But to just come out and be like, I bought you this phone so you can't track me anymore. It's very accusatory. But to his credit, she kind of admits it. She's like, I don't trust you. So yeah, we're still tracking you. Like she, she does not mince words at all. Uh, you want me to stop tracking you? That's not happening. I'm sorry. And I appreciated that from her. At least she was straightforward about it. Oh, I respected it big time because yeah. we get a little bit more information here about why the tracking has happened. And this is where I believe maybe second, third, fourth time now that Patrick has shown his whole ass um, on national TV. And this is the story. This is why he has location on okay so it turns out that about like when they had started initially seeing each other he comes back to the u.s john throws a party he meets this girl at the party makes out with her and then well she uh, he <laughs> he's like yeah we kissed and then she says well no you hooked up he's like no I, you know having sex and things different i was like fair enough it is but when he starts explaining it in confessional, he mentions, yeah, we were making out. And then like, you know, it's not like we had sex or anything. Like I was drinking a lot. I was a little bit floppy. I was like, oh, so you had whiskey dick and you did not, you were not able to stand up to the occasion. Not that you didn't let it go any further. You just couldn't. So 100% you're in the wrong. 100% she should say hooked up because that's what you were going for. And wow, six months into the relationship, Chappelle, he pulls this. The people on this show have no shame. The way I would nope. take that story to my grave, y'all would have to pry <laughs> that out of my dead b- body. Like, you'd have to, like, resuscitate me to be like, Chappelle, did you have whiskey dick? Because I'm like, no, what are you talking about? That's never happened to me. Are you crazy? Uh, like, I would rather admit it to cheating. I would be like, yep, we had sex. Like, no, you didn't. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. And I think we could work through this. But I'm not going to be on camera like, yeah, I tried, but it wasn't happening. Are you kidding me? Um, and yeah, he starts off trying to slow play. Like, I mean, I talked to a girl once and she's like, you talked to a girl. He's like, all right, we, we kissed. And then by the time he gets to us, he's like, no, we were trying to get it in and it just didn't work. And it's like, whoa, first of all, don't say floppy. Don't do this hand motion that you do. You know, I don't want to, I don't want that, that, that image, but Puya, this is where he starts to remind me of another couple from 90 days the other way. This is giving me big Corey and Evelyn vibes. Oh my God. Because <sighs> she, cannot trust him because he's a scumbag a lot of times and he's like I'm like madly in love with her but like she's like I can't trust you I, I actually kind of hate you a little bit and so I'm getting that vibe from Tyrese like she has no reason to to not uh to have faith in you I guess at this point so the fact that you're trying to like 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 uh distract her with uh, a pretty lingerie and a new cell phone just so you can get your location tracker off I don't think that's it I think you might need to earn her trust this time instead of just trying to like sneak your way out of it And that's a very, very good point, because honestly, I see the comparison and usually, you know, if someone has if like, you know, someone has wronged someone in a couple, it's up to the couple and their relationship specifically to see how much time needs to pass before, you know, you're in calmer waters or like a better place together. It depends situation to situation, couple to couple. Now, the thing with Patrick is that we're seeing how he's trying to play it out. And it's so scammy. Like he he thought about doing the lingerie. He thought about the phone. The phone is conditional upon the fact that he removes location. 
She cannot keep the phone if the location has to stay on. So that's shady. And then his argument to her is, since then, have I done anything? And he, that, you know, that's, this is, you've not given her reason to trust you. And you trying to push to remove location is shady as heck because ultimately he tells her that, you know, it gives me anxiety that the location's on. But if you're going to work and then you're hanging out with, with Thais anyway, why does it matter? It does not yeah. matter. It's not that deep. Right. Like you, like, don't get me wrong. I'm a person who would really enjoy my own freedom. It would not, this is not a move I would make. I would not be like a share your location with me all the time type person unless we really got there and like, and we have that level of like, whatever. It's fine. Transparency, trust that you should have when going into a marriage. The thing is, he's so hell bent on getting it back. Like his, his like freedom, if you will. Now she's more suspicious. Like, what, what are you hiding? Yeah. Why do you want that? Like, <laughs> I'm bare, like, I just got here. So the fact that you want to hide your location from me makes me feel a way because I would like to know where you are just because I'm in a different country. You know, like, I, I don't know this place. So it would be nice to know where the only other real connection I have here, um, is located. Um, but like I said, I'm still so impressed with her just being like, I don't care. I want to know your location all the time. It doesn't matter. My my problem with that is that like, is that really what you want in a marriage? Like you, I love you so much that I want to track you forever. That just sounds kind of like, uh, I don't know. It sounds like she putting herself in a lot of, through a lot of trouble. Like, ma'am, if you don't trust him, just, just let this go. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too, is that it's such a hard place to create a foundation and then we learn a little bit about her past because she mentions the thing, like you said, she knows who she is. She's like, I'm a very jealous person. Um, I grew up not trusting men. And this uh, starts with her dad cheated on her mom and she's had a tough time, you know, having that trust in men. And then when Patrick does something like this, it only further makes her feel not validated. is not the word, but like makes her feel like, oh my God, it really is like this. Like this is, this wasn't just a unique situation. Like it's, it's feeding into what she has already believed and seen before. So that isn't helping. And then on top of that, when Patrick says, yeah, you know what? If I do anything wrong, you can have my location back again. That is not, that doesn't sound like a vote of confidence. That's a, that sounds like listen, but worst case, if I do anything, you can have it again. No, she literally said, no, if, if you do something again, I'm leaving back to Brazil. I'm not staying. All right. I mean, and that's probably the right answer. But my thing is, I'm giving her a lot of credit for just, you know, sticking to her guns. But ma'am, why did you bring your ass over here? You you knew when you came over here that he had already that you didn't trust him. So you came over here with the intent on tracking him until you felt comfortable. You setting yourself up for failure. You didn't have to do that. You could have stayed where you was at. And you said, you know what? I don't need these problems. And now you are ready to like throw it all away if he did uh like does something that you don't like again, or I guess if he loses your trust again, but you went through all of this, you legit switched countries and everything. And are you on this TV show? And now you're like, well, if you mess up again, I'm done. You could have avoided all of that. You could have said you screwed up one time. I'm never going to let it go. We're good here. Tell 90 day. They can keep their money. We're, we're okay. But you didn't. And so I, I feel bad for her a little bit, but not that bad. You're, you're doing it to yourself. Well, that's the thing is that, it's already so rocky and then add to the fact that her dad doesn't approve of him that she hasn't told her dad that she moved with the intention of staying long term and getting married and that Patrick doesn't know any of this either like they have so many things that are that are just like paper strong at best like they are very shaky and 
to be honest, like I have no issue with with taking the gamble on romance and you know, like I think you can earn my trust back. Having met Patrick for four or five episodes now, he didn't let her in on any of the planning for the house, any of the house purchases. He did not he does not care that she doesn't want John living with them. That is not a non-negotiable. He wants the location removed. She at what point does she notice that oh it's his way or the highway and i don't mm-hmm. think i can stop this man because he is not great not great yeah. i don't i don't like patrick at all i'm going to be honest i'm not a fan i'm not a fan but again like this uh, Thais, what are you doing are you just going to you just going to take this is this what you're going to do like you know john was telling patrick to man up but girl what are you doing you know you you let you are tracking this man you should not chase this man like this. You've already tra- traveled to a different country. The the only positive thing about this relationship is that they live in Dallas. That is all. It is like a nice city that is relatively affordable. That is that is the only positive about this relationship. They do not need to be together. I I just don't understand like how you can go into a relationship without trust and then like be openly about like not having trust. Like what is the what is the point? Why do you want to be in a relationship with somebody who you just can't trust? It doesn't make any sense to me. In the words of the great poet. Aubrey Graham, I'm just saying you can do better. Okay. That's it. That's it. Drake said it best. <laughs> That's it, Thais. <laughs> okay. So one last scene with them does happen though. We move away from the restaurant and we are back at home at Dallas. This is the next day. This is after the restaurant. And John walks in and says, Hey, so you know, I'm throwing a housewarming party. The Dallas team that you know Patrick works with is coming over. So, and I think it'll be great because she can meet people you work with and that's going to be fun. Oh, by the way, yeah, it's, I didn't tell you. So surprise, it's a party. And having now learned that the last time there was a party that John threw, Patrick got into shenanigans. I was like, man, Thais must be going through it. But very clearly, Patrick was also crapping himself at, at the news that this is happening. So. That was a choice. Again, this is the, the shenanigans that John does, like the attempt to rile the house up and and not care for it. Does anyone in this family communicate? Neither brother talks to anyone else when making a decision, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, and J- John, you live here, but you have roommates, so you have to you have to talk to them. But also, John identifies that had he brought it up, Thais would have just said no, and then that would have been it. So it's kind of like, if I'm John, I can never have a housewarming party because my brother's wife or fiance doesn't want me to. Like At some point, I got to be able to live my own life. I just really think communication is where you need to, that needs to start. You need to start talking about these things and say, I really don't like that I can't do anything here. Is there any way we can work out a compromise? Uh, you know, but he just did what he wanted to do and that for forgiveness later. Uh, I was concerned with how concerned Patrick was, honestly, about the women that showed up at the house. I'm like, if your fiance is right there, you shouldn't be worried that something could happen. Matter of fact, this is your chance. And from my, and from my point of view, this is your chance to really show your fiance how much you care about them, like uh, in a demonstrative way in a big crowd of people. Like, cause she's already watching you like a hawk. She wants you to screw up. She wants you to like lo- look at one of these women for too long or to like maybe sneak off and kiss somebody. She doesn't know what you're going to do, but she's making sure that you don't do it. This is the perfect opportunity for you to give all of your attention to her legit be like on a you know those weird people who like go on dates with their with all their friends 
Like so, they're like on a date together, but everybody well, else like is there. Like group date, like a yeah, like it's like a group of people. School and you all hang and no, out at the mall. Like no, it's like a group of people, but two of them are dating, and they just were like in each other's face. Like y'all didn't have to come here. Y'all could have went by yourselves. You know, like we're all talking, but you two are just alone. That's kind of what I would have done in this moment. It would have been she and I in the same room with everybody else, but my eyes would have just been her on her the whole time. Like that's what you do in that moment. You say, yeah, all these people are here. We didn't invite them. The housewarming party can happen. We can interact with them, but you are mine. You and I are together. We we are in sync this entire time. But no, he's too busy panicking to the point where his homeboy Wagner could even see it on his face. Like you must be stressed out about this. Like yeah, stupid. You brought a bunch of women here. I didn't ask for this. So I don't know. I feel like Patrick was panicking too much, and he really could have played this to his advantage. Yeah, I don't understand why he was panicking so much. Like you are the master of your own domain. The if mm-hmm. you're panicking. That means that you don't trust yourself. And that is a big red flag in this relationship. That location, you should get two phones and both should have location on at this point. If you're panicking over this house party where Thais is here, and I 100% agree with you, this is almost like a test where you can prove to Thais that you have eyes for no one else and you don't care and you're there for her. Like She is experiencing now her first hangout with people in the States that aren't you and your brother. So make sure she has a good time and, you know, show her that everything's chill. But he was yeah. anything but chill. Like, literally, I think the most chill person at this party was Wagner. Wagner. Yeah. He's, I liked Wagner. I, I really did. I love the little like him trying to like speak um, her language to her. That was nice. But then Wagner shows up with their other co-worker. Uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, Chris. So they show yeah. up, they've brought beers, but they've already drank half of them on the way up. So you already knew this was not going to be a a quiet party. This was not a hangout. This was a full blast like house party. Yeah, but I relate to Wagner in a lot of ways, uh, specifically because I, too, am the friend that your spouse will hate. Right. Like I'm the one who they're like, you've been hanging out with that Chappelle again, haven't you? I can tell. Yeah, I hate when you go out with him because Thais is not happy to see Wagner. She's just, she knows him. She knows that like, oh, if he's with Wagner, then like he's going to be around women. He's going to be drinking. And apparently she's very conservative. And so she doesn't like that he's here. She doesn't like that any of this is going on. But Patrick is just, I don't know. He seems kind of dense, you know, to not be able to pick up that he should really be using this as a moment to like really spend time with his fiance. Um, I, I, I eventually he catches on. Eventually he does. After they have like their little sidebar or whatever, they come back and they're locking lips in front of people. It's PDA everywhere. But really, that's what you should have been doing from jump. Spend time with your fiance, despite the party being here, and show her that she doesn't need to track your location because in a room full of women, she's the only one that you care about. Yeah, I feel like, you know, we do learn about the whole um, that Thais is conservative, meaning Thais doesn't really like throwing a house party. She likes her house to be a place of relaxation, a place where you come to find peace. And I totally get that. I've definitely, I've lived in different places where, you know, one place it was bigger. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm down to throw a party. This would be a lot of fun. And I have thrown parties in my day, but then I've also had places that have been a little bit smaller, but also I'm like, you know what? I'd rather just have this be the chill spot. I come home, throw my bag on the floor and just hang out and, and really de-stress. And and because hosting a party is a whole thing. And especially if you didn't know you were hosting a party like this is a third her place. So I know she's going to feel some type of way because hosting isn't easy. You have to make sure every like everything's going smoothly. You know, no one's making a mess. No one's vomiting anywhere. So 
and given how fast everyone was throwing shots back, I'm sure Thais was having these worries. So the whole thing is Wagner and Chris show up, but then Wagner has invited um, other people to come through that they don't really know. And then these four women show up that they're not really familiar with. They're like Wagner's friends. So they're not even like the work people anymore. And like you said, Thais and Patrick go to another room and she kind of says, listen, call me big brother. Cause I'm always watching you. I have an eye on you. Do whatever you want to do. We'll be fine. But then she really like leaned in and, and they seem to be having a good time at this party a little too much. Can we talk about this? Is the second time they've done this Chappelle, the let's open our mouths and just stick our tongues on each other, like tongue on tongue, not even in kissing. It's not like I'm giving you some tongue while kissing. It's just licking each other's tongues. Why yeah. am I seeing this? Why is this in the middle of the party? Yeah, she's like, I'm conservative, but also lick my face inside my face. You know, it's like, ma'am, I thought, what happened to that conservative lady who was here a second ago? Uh, but again, I, I think that they, they should have been like into each other in that moment. You know, this was, there was a lot of distractions. Clearly there's some trust issues. This is a perfect time to kind of focus on each other, but you're right. We didn't need to see all that. Like just kiss, just kiss like normal. You know, maybe some over the clothes action, you know, but don't over just, the clothes is, action in yeah, the middle I mean, you're going to do it, you know, a little something, something in the corner, but like just at the like at the island, at the table, you know, in, in front of everybody at the bar stools, you don't just lick somebody's tongue, you know. So uh, I like again, I appreciated them for trying to meet each other halfway, but it was a lot. It was a little it's a little wet. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing about Patrick before we move forward, um, when they were in the room having the one on one, he the way he tries to reassure her everything's OK. He says, the girls here are ugly. Trust me. You are the, you, and you are a beautiful Brazilian. The girls here are ugly. To me, what, so are you like, I don't hear reassurance. I hear more so, don't worry. They're not what I would think are beautiful. So does that mean if they were beautiful, then, then she should be worried because that's how I'm taking it. It's the whiskey dick conversation all over again. It's like, <laughs> listen, it's floppy, baby. You ain't got nothing to worry about here. It's like, sir, that's not what you should be saying. He's like, yeah, look at these women. I can't even, if I wanted to, and I do want to, but I can't, you know, physically, they're not doing it for me like you do, baby. Don't worry. It's like, that's <laughs> not what you should be saying because that, that leads her to believe that if the right one walks through and for some reason, Patrick, you're able to finally, you know, go there, you will. So, yeah, I agree. That wasn't the best thing you could say, but like that, he said, she has no other choice but to trust him mm -hmm. right now because what else is she going to do? You know, she's in this situation. Yeah, I feel like the show started us off with the big drama with them is going to be John, but I think a new thing that develops in this episode and we have to keep our eyes on is the uh, Thais's jealousy mixed with Patrick's untrustworthiness and how this is going to gel over moving forward. And the next time on, we do see the two of them having a shouting match, which culminates in Patrick, uh, sorry, Thais leaving the room and shutting the door behind her. So there's going to be more drama in this paradise. We'll see it more next week. Now let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about Chappelle's favorite couple, Jibri and Miona. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, we're back. It's time for Jibri and Miona. Now, Chappelle, I've talked to you about the show offline a little bit. I've heard your some of your thoughts on, you know, the podcast you've listened to leading up to this. And you've said, Jibri and Miona, probably the best couple here of the bunch. Let the people know why you feel this way. I have a lot of issues with Jibri and Miona separately. Like, you know, the black fishing, Jibri just being Jibri in a lot of ways is annoying to me because I'm like, what are you doing? But at least they like each other. That is more than I can say for a couple of these other couples. A couple of these other couples have don't even like each other. Like she has no trust issues with this man. She she doesn't. She's not sitting around. There's not like a secret prenup about to come up. Like there's not like, you know, there's there's not just general disdain for each other. It's not this big religious issue going on. Like some of these people have some issues that like I just don't see them overcoming. These people got some issues, but it's because Jibri, he not the sharpest, you know? He he about as sharp as a wooden spoon. And so because of that, they have some shortcomings as a couple, but at least they like each other. I am not defending him at any at any at any cost. Like I'm not. Just there's there's no way I would defend his actions or hers. Or hers. But at least you know that they enjoy each other's company. He can be his weird ass self. With nobody like, and it's never gonna, it's never gonna drive her away. If he wants to pull up at the airport and roll out the red carpet and his pink jacket and his yellow hair and in, in, in the middle of the desert, she gonna, she is like gonna clap for him and she gonna be there. Now, is he gonna be able to keep her attention while he's lying to her, uh, basically about being able to provide the life that she wants? No, maybe not. Uh, but I enjoy seeing a couple that likes to be around each other because I am not sure that some of these others, Bilal and Shaida. I don't think y'all even like being around each other. So at least these two enjoy each other's company. That's all I'm saying. And that's fair because like you said, not a lot of these couples go to bat for each other, but at the very least, despite any other issues they may have or how often they live in the clouds, these two really do ride for each other, which is exactly where we pick up this episode from where last week, Jibri literally got into fisticuffs with David over David making comments about Miona and their relationship. This fight goes nowhere. They literally just yell at each other a bunch. He says that he doesn't want to talk about this right now. David keeps saying we need to focus. And they're both essentially yelling to each other about the same thing. They both say we need to focus. 
my guy, David, he was literally texting me on it to be like, hey, I'm going to be on Do Not Disturb for a minute. That's it. I don't think he was going to talk to her about anything else. But David thought it was a bigger deal than it needed to be. So this was stupid. This fight was dumb. Keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth. That's all he's asking. <laughs> Listen, I know this is driving a wedge in the band and all this other stuff. Like, I understand that you have my best interest at heart. But right now, STFU, just stop talking to me about my wife. And David is like, no, let's talk about it. Let, let's talk about your wife. Let's talk about your wife is ruining everything. And he's like, please stop talking about it. Like, Randy has to walk him out the room at some point. He comes back and he's like, just stop talking about my wife. And David's like, no, I know what's best. Sir, you need to get you, uh, like something. You need to, you need to get you some business. Stay in your lane. Cause I see that you're looking out for me, but at some point you have to let my grown ass do what I'm going to do. And, I'm not going to sit here and let you disrespect my wife or fiance or whomever the case may be. You know, with Jerry and Miona, it's kind of blurry actually what their relationship status is, but they together. Um, and so, yeah, this, I don't like this at all. Stop talking to me about my wife. I already told you it's annoying me. And also I hate David. I hate him so much. He's my least favorite person on the entire show. Uh, everybody on this, in this little segment, Jibri, Miona, David, why, why do they all have identity issues? She black fishing. He don't know if, I think he, I don't, I don't know. He don't know where he from. David got this black scent that, but he used to have a different accent and used to get made fun of because accent. like, what is happening with this particular group of people? They are so weird. No one knows what they're doing. It really feels like everyone is super directionless and just living off of vibes. And it's Look, just awful. <laughs> who are me? I love vibes. I am Mr. Vibes. I get it. That's why I be like, you know, Jimmy and Miona, they got they kind of they, I I'm able to apologize for a lot of the stuff they can they they do because I get it. Like I'm a vibe person. But these arguments and stuff like that, like you gotta shut first out, shut your friend down because he dumb. And I and I get it. He wants you to he wants you to really take a look at your life. Stop making impulsive decisions. Think about how this is going to impact you. But at some point, he has to shut up and leave you alone, because if it's visibly bothering you, keep like prodding you and prodding you and prodding you is not going to work. Apparently. Jibri is more forgiving than me because I would have punched him in the face. This little tackle play fighting they was doing like they was in the third grade whatever but you know for them to come back and be like well we got the band back together yeah but david you really can't speak on my wife no more like this band we'll have to end this because at some point you have to choose what's most important right and i know he says being creative is most important but are you marrying the band or are you marrying this woman because those are two separate things you can be creative without the band you well, can be a solo act yeah speaking of the band speaking of the band um what did you think of the little snippets we saw of them recording uh, specifically, we saw Brandy's intro rap and then David's, um, I believe, Serbian rap added into the mix. What did you think of the track they were putting on for the producer? You know what I thought about the track they were putting on the producer. Don't you ever play me like this? I, 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 I wanted I you wanted exactly on record. Going. You I, know exactly what's going on. I'm not going on record. I wanted on record. You, did you cut the recording? I told you to cut the recording. No, it was fine. It was it was perfectly <laughs> fine. Um, things were said. And um and um music was made. Please, Listen, you would put me on blast like this. No, don't don't in front of the ninety day fans. Really, you gonna make me answer questions like this? Wow. We ha we have to let them know how it was in case it's they didn't. So bad. They didn't see. But, yeah, but it's so bad. Why well, we have to talk about this? We didn't come here to bash these people. You gotta uh, cut this out. 
Chappelle, that's exactly what we're here to do, man. I'm okay, to okay. To okay. All right, all right, all right, cool. Yeah, it wasn't great, Puya. Sorry, it wasn't great. Um, <laughs> Dude, was it? Yeah. when she, when Brandy, because like they last episode, we had been introduced to all of them. We've got David, aka Adoncho. You've got uh, Jibri, you've got Space Cash, and you've got Brandy. Brandy being titled as like, one of the best rappers you've ever seen. So when Brandy put the headphones on, I was like, all right, I am ready. Because Lord knows, anytime 90 Day uh, people do any music, it's the head scratcher. And when Brandy started, I was like, oh no. And then David got on, I was like, oh my God. So if if this is what Jibri's banking on for money, go get that trucking job that David offered you, please. Because this is yeah. a choice. You you do you need a job. You need a, a real job. You need a career. You need like you need a 401k. You need to set up a life for you and this woman that you have conned into moving to this country. Because if she thought that you were going to be a successful musician, she she was lied. I won't say she was lied to, but she she might have been misled. You know, like not to say that you will never be a successful musician, but this band here is going to be very difficult for you all to succeed. Now you need to really just have like a backup plan. You know, like I tell my students this sometimes, like, I want to be a rapper. I want to do this. I want to do that. Okay, cool. Uh, you want to go to the NFL? Great. Um, what, do, what do you want to major in though? In the meantime, you know, like you can do that. But in the meantime, do you have anything to fall back on? Because like I said, I'm a fan of Jibri and Miona separately, uh, as like a, as a couple kind of like not like, separately, not really, but as a couple, I kind of, I'm rooting for them. But if I'm rooting for you, I have to tell you like this. Just have a backup plan. I'm not going to tell you to leave your dream behind, but prepare for the worst. You never know what, what will happen. I just want you to take care of yourself. That's all. You know, we're all rooting for these people, right? Is that what's going on? We try if, if yeah. there's room for it. <laughs> yeah. He called himself a creative nomad. And I, I appreciate that. That I'm like, he be speaking to my soul, but also I got a full-time job. Like a full-time job and several other jobs. I got a umbrella and a net and all kinds of other safety gear to, to save me when I'm out here, like living by flying by the seat of my pants and making impulsive decisions. I keep a job. Oh, this, I hear you. You need to have a creative outlet, but also get a job, like a real job, like that, that CDL, that trucking job, do that job. You can do music on the road. I don't think you can, but do the CDL first and then come back to the music. I mean, or maybe that, don't come back to the music. <laughs> that's the <laughs> thing. If no one, I mean, Lord knows the two of us here will never knock down creative. I literally, my full-time job is podcasting and streaming. So I will never knock it down. But at the same time, if you're in a position where that's not paying the bills or bringing revenue, you have to have something else going on to finance the, the creative side, finance the dreams that you're trying to walk towards. And Right now, they don't have that. And the one thing they do have is the band. And they almost like fought and ended everything before they even started doing the producer session. But anyway, so they do this producer session. They are feeling good. Jabri's like, oh, my God, that was so good. I was like, oh, my God, Jabri is so head in the clouds right now. It's sorry. Uh, David is Dacho, not I think I said Doncho. My bad. Um, uh, look, his name is David. Uh, That's yes, it. it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, <laughs> so after they do the music, Jibri apologizes about the fight. He says that he misses them all and he starts apologizing because he feels like he, co he cost the band 
their opportunity to grow because he feels like he gave up the band for Miona. And he tells us, obviously, he doesn't know how to do both. And this is where he brings up that he is a creative nomad. And he is terrified of being boxed in. He the specific quote was, he's scared of what he won't do, what he won't be able to do, being in a relationship like this. And like you said, if you have brought someone over to the States from another country with a 90-day agreement to marry them, that's your focus. You cannot mm-hmm. not know what you're doing at this point. But he's someone who clearly is trying to have it all, but also not putting the work in, like enough working on any of the avenues to have everything be a smooth sailing. Because like you said, these two ride for each other. And that's the one thing they've been falling back on. But I felt like this episode, both with him and with her, we started seeing some shakiness in the foundation, Chappelle. I blame David because these two people were fine, you know, being dumb together. And now he's like trying trying to speak sense into them. It's like, don't do that. Let them be happy and dumb together. You know, like let them because they're happy. And you, yeah, he's 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 causing a rift right there. And I don't like it. Um, yeah, I think that Jibri could focus on his marriage right now, and then double back for the creative stuff. You know, as he they get more financially stable. It's like the people on this show. The first thing they ask you is like, do you and your potential like spouse agree on anything? And if your answer is Yes, then they don't pick you, right? They say, no. okay, well, that's unfortunate. And then they say, okay, have you taught your spouse who is not from here how money works here? And they say, no. And they say, okay, well, we, 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 we have to pick you now because yeah. nobody, <laughs> nobody knows what money does in the United States versus their country that they came from. Nope. Everybody thinks like, I got $20. I'll be all right. You know, like whatever. It's fine. Like, these people are coming over here poor and thinking that they're going to be fine. And this person is from here. Jibri is from here. He know he broke. He has no excuse. It's it's very frustrating. I just want him to, I want him to be happy because like I said, a lot of the things he says really speaks to my soul. I don't want to be boxed in. I want to do everything, but you got to pay the bills. And, and Miona's not going to live in squalor. She's just not. So you got to catch up or you're going to get left behind. Yeah, and and this is exactly where we can segue into the next segment where Miona is going wedding dress shopping in Chicago while she's here. And she Brandy, I know. <laughs> so Brandy, the aforementioned member of the band, is apparently very good friends with Miona. While they were touring last time, they became really good friends. So she is now here with her to look for dresses. She mentions that haven't discussed the dress budget and she knows that Jibri's trying to be like tight with money because they're running tight on money. But she says, no, it's my dream. It's going to cost as much as it costs. And I don't care. And this is the part that I have a problem with, with this couple. They do ride with each other. Yes, but they actively are making decisions with money. They don't have, they are making decisions with careers. They don't have, and it's just not realistic. And it's so difficult to watch because it's like, we're watching a, car crash but you can't do anything you can't stop time you can't go in and help you just have to watch them make the mistake and you know Chappelle like you said when they do the interviews if if you don't communicate with your partner they're like come on in we've got all the room for you on this cast yeah are you dumb as a box of rocks check yes or no you know like that that's really what it comes down to and I don't mean dumb like in a sense of like stupid uh, or uh, illiterate I mean like is there a common 
thing that you should be able to pick up in this relationship for it to work, whether it's trust, whether it's uh, just the amount of money you have in your bank account. If you can understand that, then these people don't want you on this show. They want people who are going to come on and pre- pretend that I could just magically purchase a wedding dress at, regardless of well, like what, which cost or whatever with no money, with a husband who has no career, who's just hanging out, you know, who's trying to figure things out. It's like, ma'am, you have to make a sacrifice. One of y'all got a sacrifice and they're going to keep pushing it until they looking up and neither one of them, they're just going to be living in squalor forever because if she tries to buy that wedding dress, whatever she tries to buy it with, they ain't got nothing. They ain't got no money. So like, what is she going to do? Barter? Is she about to lend them something? Like, what, what are you really going to do? Cause there's no money there. Um, these people, these people don't, they just don't, they don't get it. And it's, it's frustrating because the bare minimum is services cost money. You don't have any money. So your answer should be go get money. Your answer should not be, I'm going to get the services anyway. You need to get the money. You cannot get the services without the way you're like, what is wrong with y'all? I'm so frustrated by this episode. Like I get why they're starting to have doubts, but none of it has to do with money. It all has to do with like, oh, well, am I supported? Or he doesn't want me to have the things I want. Like y'all cannot afford to be together. <laughs> like that is the bottom line. It's yeah, so not, yeah. Not for the dreams you have. You want the beach wedding. You guys want to both live in LA. Like you can't have any of that with, with where you're at right now. And to add all to all that, if Jabri's whole thing is the band will be making the money, the music is where the money's going to come from. We learn a little bit more about what Miona thinks of everything because Brandy fills her in on basically, you know, we were at the producer's studio and they both got into fight, a fight about everything because Miona says, well, well, did he defend me? Was he standing up for me? And she's like, Brandy's like, yeah, I think ultimately he was standing up for you. He's trying to, you know, keep the peace and trying to make everything work. And this is where we learn that Miona tells us that she wants him to learn to stick up for her and to just side with her, period. Which, to me, yells, Miona wants him to pick her over the band. And that's going to be difficult if if Jabri has no intention of, of investing his time for money anywhere else but the band. No communication skills found anywhere, Chappelle. It's frustrating to me because... He does, he does really care and fight for her a lot of, in a lot of ways. Like he was legit physically same. fighting his, the his same. best friend. Yeah. But she's like, it's not enough. I think she was very happy to see that he did stand up for uh, her in that moment. But as you see by the end of the segment, he's kind of wavering again. You know, she's, she has a point. Like he's fighting for her, but when it gets tough, he's like, yeah, if I have to choose you in my creative uh, outlet of this band, I'm choosing the band, which, you could have told her before she came over here. You could have told her, like, the band comes first. You will be my wife, but I will, like, give all of my time and attention <laughs> to the band primarily. And then if I have time for you, we will one day go to the beach to visit. And then she wouldn't have come. But yeah, well, you swindled this lady. Chappelle, in, in his defense, and I use the word defense lightly, there is a 0% chance that this man thought about any of this before she got here. He did not mm-hmm. even stop to think, do I want to do the music thing? And I know she's not going to like it. She doesn't really like David. Is that going to work? He thought she'll come. I'll roll out the red carpet at the airport and then we'll go from there. And whatever happens, happens. Because like you said, I 100% agree with you. He has stood up for her with his parents. He has stood up for her with David. He is definitely rooting for her and like sticking to her. But 
We do learn in this episode that Miona was not wrong with David being manipulative and being able to shake the confidence with Jabri because while this wedding thing is happening, the dress is happening, Jabri and David go to the Serbian spot they they like in Chicago to, you know, work on keeping the peace with each other after this fight. And in this situation, I can very very much see how David was able to kind of bring Jibri back around where to the point where Jibri's asking him for advice. Like, let me tell you, like, what should, what would you do if you were me? Would you get married? And he's like, no, I would want to work and learn who I'm getting married with right now, get to know them better and then see where it goes from there, which is not bad advice. But when you're again, I will say this every week when you get the K1 visa, you literally one of the documents you have to provide when you go in for your interview is a declaration that you signed that says, I, Puizan Vakili, um, or I, you know, your partner, commit to marrying this person when they arrive into the US. Like, that is literally something you said. It's not a, we'll figure it. No, you've said you're doing it. That's why you're here. So, in the midst of all this, we learn a little bit more about how Jabri's been coping with the creative side that he's been struggling with being able to express himself because Miona doesn't really support it, doesn't get it. So he's been staying up late at night while she's asleep to work on the music. But then she tries to get him to come back to bed and then she feels neglected. So that's not really been working out. It's I, yeah. This is these people. Um, this is the checkout line. They act like this is where you're still shopping. This is the checkout line. You, once you, yeah, came you're not over browsing. Here, you have a cart full of stuff already. Right. You're, you're in line. You're waiting on your turn to get married. You should already know I am getting married. It's like when you propose to somebody, you don't propose to somebody unless you know they're going to say yes. You know, like, well, if there's a, like, you probably should have had the conversation that you're going to propose. Like, you know, like, Hey, what if we got married soon? I'd like that. Okay, cool. Then the proposal happens a few weeks later after you make some things happen, you do some surprises, some fancy colors and all that stuff. You do that stuff knowing you're going to say yes. Will you do this visa? You know you're going to get married. It's not the time to like. Well, what if we, what if we, you know, work some things out, or what if we discuss this? Remember this thing I didn't tell you about. That's the most annoying thing about this entire franchise that these people show up knowing they're supposed to get married and decide, well, we'll figure it all out here. It's way, it's way past that. And now they are all letting these outside sources, uh, whether they be parents or brothers like John or even David, come in and you know, kind of screw everything up. Like you should have been more solid if you wanted to marry this person. Again, the number one thing you should do before you move in with your partner, whether it's from another country or like internal city, same city or separate, whatever, you have to have the expectations talk of like, hey, this is what I expect of you when you're in this relationship and, and when we're living together and you say, well, this is what I need to do and what I would love to do and you find the middle if there's anything that clashes. But this is a ridiculous notion for us to even discuss because, like you said, these couples are not supposed to be logical. So we have to treat them as if that's mm-hmm. not a thing that is available to them, which clearly there isn't. But that's all we got now from Jibri and Miona. In the next time on, let me see, what did I have on the next time on with them? Um, there's a conversation where we find out that apparently Jabri's parents are no longer interested in coming to the wedding. And Miona says, that's fine. He's like, that's not fine right. with me. And it's like, okay, well, 
talk about we'll it. Talk then. to your mama now. Right. Because yeah. uh we're getting married. You know, like that's, <laughs> that ain't my issue. If your mom and daddy not happy, then go talk to your mom and daddy, but be ready to, to get married. What's what's going on here? Yeah, we're having this beach wedding. You agreed because you wanted to go do this music. You banked mm-hmm. on the music, and this is what's happening. So get them to come through because that's something you want to happen, Jabri. So Jabri will be climbing a whole mountain next episode. Miona right there with him. Let's see where they go with the disaster. But for now, we'll move over to Kara and Guillermo, who I think ultimately nine episodes in, I'm very confident saying they're probably the most blah couple of the bunch because they have some problems, obviously, but and they're not perfect, but it's kind of a whatever. They kind of do. I don't feel a lot with them. But we got probably one of our bigger segments um, of the show so far this episode, and it revolved entirely around something that Guillermo has told us from the beginning. He feels like he's getting knowed a lot. Anything he asks for gets shot down. Any decisions he wants to make gets shot down. And Kara carries the power in the relationship, and he's sick of it. He's gone to the end of it with her, and he, he can't quite deal with it, Chappelle. He doesn't understand how money works here. That's the issue. He does no not understand. Does. No one, we have right. one and, more that and, doesn't either. <laughs> right. They don't, they don't understand how money works here. And so I can't even be that mad at him because he just doesn't get it. So it's like she's telling him no about other stuff. And that, and those things are like little things that are starting to boil up and start to annoy him. But now when he's like, okay, well, you know, I want this wedding, right? And she's like, no, you, we cannot afford that. He's like, what are you talking about? We got $2,000. We can afford that. And she's like, no, we cannot. So yeah, that is like one no on top of the other and all the no's are compounding and it's just driving him crazy. It's like the, the, the wedding venue is not the issue. It's the fact that you keep trying to control and you don't respect my opinions. Uh, that's what he's feeling. Uh, because here, Kara, Honestly, I just really don't think she handled it great. This man's mm-hmm. clearly confused. He clearly has no clue what he's talking about when it comes to these wedding venues. And she's trying to tell him, but instead of like explaining to him, like, okay, I understand you want me to go and look at these venues. Chances are we're not going to be able to afford them. But for you, person who moved, uh, you know, to a different country for me, let's go do it anyway. Let's compromise. Yes. It'll take a few hours out of my day, but it'll make you feel better. Let's do it. She like, I'm putting my foot down. You need to know that this is not a thing. He's like, well, let's try. Have you tried it? No, I haven't tried it. I'm not dumb. She's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, but we can still try it. She's like, yeah, but that would be dumb. It's like, okay, well, girl, go be dumb. You want to marry this man. Do You got to make some allowances. These people don't know how to compromise at all. She gets there eventually, but it took so much to where it drove him crazy. And he felt like she just looks at him as a child or that he doesn't like know what he's doing, which in a lot of ways he doesn't know what he's doing. But you don't have to treat him like he doesn't. Well, that's the big issue is that I do see that Kara's clearly the more money conscious one of the couple. She's done the budgeting. She lives in this city. She knows what the cost of living is. So all of that in her court, 100%. However, what Guillermo tells us and what we've seen in some moments in this show is that she wins every conflict. Whether it's a small ask or a big ask, obviously the computer, it was like, okay, it's a sixth of our budget. We can't do that. I discussed this with Liana. I was like, well, couldn't he have gotten a $300 laptop? They didn't need a thousand dollar laptop, but whatever. Um, he talked about, you know, using it with my money. I was like, silly man, you're in a couple. It's your money. Now you're, you're sharing a household. Stop it. It's shared money. But I feel like I can totally see where this all stems from. 
We learned this when we first met them when she kept calling him a baby in front of his friends on the way out as they were Leo in front of his brother. So that has carried over here. And she just thinks, I know best. Even if you know best, like you said, Chappelle, you've got to approach it in the appropriate manner. When you have not done the research yourself and you're like, I have friends who got married so I, around here, so I know it's expensive. He's going to ask you if you've checked yourself. If you haven't, he wants to go do it. And that is a great way to verify it. It's a, you know, you still get to see some venues because her whole thing is the whole reason we're having this discussion right now is that she wants to do a courthouse ceremony, which costs about 50 bucks and then do the big wedding next year when they've saved for it. But he wants it to be special because, you know, it's, you get married once. I want this now. And you can easily go to this venue, find out the price is too expensive. If he's really in love with the idea, you, you start saving for next year and you do the courthouse wedding. But because of the way she approached it, he's getting fed up because this is not like what, like fifth time, the sixth time, because on top of all this, Chappelle, on top of the, the money stuff, we learned that she's been using, she makes plans without telling Guillermo, then ropes Guillermo into the plans. And then if Guillermo doesn't want to go and, and she wants to stay with him, she uses him as an excuse, which he also doesn't appreciate, which I totally understand why. Yeah. I mean, from her point of view, she's saying, if I told my friends I wasn't going to hang out with them, they would know that that's not a me thing. So I just use you as a scapegoat because it's you. You're the reason why. But from his point of view, he's like, well, had you talked to me before you talked to your friends, you and I could have discussed what that's like. You know, like, you know, I don't want to go, but maybe we could have talked about what we can tell your friends or, you know, um, you could rope me into the decision and just be like, I won't make that decision that I want to come without him. You know, like, uh, like fight for me the way Jibri fights for Miona, you know, um, but she, he just, she just be leaving him out of conversations. And I really think he's starting to feel like that pressure of, I don't think she respects me as a man, you know, as a person, you know, as like, like she thinks I'm like a child to her where she has to make all decisions. And she feels like she does. Honestly, she feels like she has to make these decisions because he's in a different country and he doesn't really know what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Like that, his wedding idea was insane. Like the fact that he thought that big venue, like she took him to that venue on purpose. I know she did. <laughs> she went and found a $7,500 venue because she knew he would fall in love with it and instantly be told no. Um, Because she was grinning from ear to ear. Like, she's just the smuggest oh, yeah. look on her face. Like, mm, what did I tell you? Ma'am, is this a contest or do you want to marry this man? Is this a competition? Because you can have that competition, but you also could be single. Um, well, th so, let's figure yeah. that out. That's the thing, Chappelle. When they got to this venue, it felt like it would have cost $2,000 just to get a viewing. Like, this was a very high-end place, big, big venue, and we learned the price point. So if you're booking a wedding for a Friday or a Sunday, it's $7,500. If it's a Saturday, it's $10,500. So this is immediately out of their price point. Obviously, they cannot get this place at all. Um, and, you know, she was very much living for the fact that she was proven right. But I don't think Guillermo cared. He just wanted the valid, like he wanted the proof and he got to see the place and he got to see it for himself. And that works out in that instance. It with my relationship with Liana, when I moved here, obviously I've never lived in the States. Liana has lived in the States all her life. Liana has lived in the city for like three, four years at this point. So Liana has you know, pretty much full understanding of everything. So I was like, you lead the way. 
But make no mistake, when we've ever wanted to make a purchase of any kind or do anything, or if I wanted something or if she wants something, we talk about it like adults. And then we figure out, oh, we can't afford this or mm, we can't do this right now. Let's start saving for it. Maybe in two months we can do something about it. That's a healthy way to do this. But I feel like with Karen Guillermo, Guillermo has just been time and time again, been treated as the, you don't know anything. You're innocent little boy. You don't know what's good. Let me handle this. And he's done with that. He's ready to be an adult and like live an adult relationship. And I don't think that dynamic is shifting. And I feel like instead of realizing that, uh, Kara realizing that she's in a position where she just feels like, oh, he just gets mad because of this one characteristic flaw that I have and is like forgetting all the good times. And I don't think that is the way you're supposed to be looking at it, Kara. I really do not think so. So I think I'm ultimately here's the thing. My heart goes to Guillermo because I feel bad for him and I get where he's coming from. You know, he might not know a little bit, know better about money. That's fine. But I see his intentions are pure with Kara. I feel like she just doesn't see where she's gone wrong with this. And I don't love that for them moving forward. Yeah, if you asked her, she would be like, I didn't do anything wrong. What are you talking about? He was, I was right. I was right again. I, I was right this time. I was right that time. I was like, but it's not a, a wrong or right competition. Y'all are supposed to be trying to work out a union and a bond where he can trust you and you can trust him and y'all can be in love. It's like, why am I teaching y'all? I'm not engaged. Like, what, what, like, why are you getting this so wrong? You, you're, you're looking at this the wrong way. You're so busy trying to, to just like, be in charge of the situation, which she's very capable of, it seems. It's just like, turn it down a little bit, not for his ego, but so that you don't hurt his feelings. You know, like, it'd be different if it was like, he felt like, like, you're, like, you being in control was minimizing his contribution. It's like, no, it's, you aren't even considering his contribution at all. Um, you could entertain him because it's what people do when they are listening to people. Yeah, they listen to you, they hear you out. Where she's so ready to shut him down. And I don't and I don't like I I don't like um like I get it. I understand. Cause it's like more efficient to do it her way a lot of times. But also if you wanted efficiency, you wouldn't have married somebody who literally doesn't know the lay of the land, right? Like you you brought that here. You brought that energy and that like that um confusion and stuff here and so now you have to help decipher that for this person because this person does not know the things that you know so i just think she just got to get extend some more grace to him and he gotta watch how he be talking to her he really be kind of like he kind of oh, uh i was like, yeah, why like you're that. raising your voice a lot more than we saw two weeks ago calm down like well, you yeah. were doing a little too much there for sure he had he had his chest popped out I was like slow down guillermo slow down you look you barely even know how the money work here like you look like both of y'all need to calm down. Y'all need yeah. to come to a compromise because this ain't working for me. Yeah, to the naughty corner you go. And that's the thing is that you can very well be in a relationship where one person knows a lot more than the other or one person can easily do everything on their own. But it's a partnership you've come into. So even mm -hmm. if one person is, you know, let's use a driving analogy. If someone like, okay, I'll just use my relationship easier. Um, Liana can drive way better than I can drive. Liana can easily drive and navigate without my help. No problem. But that doesn't mean that every now and then I like being like, yeah, turn, take this right turn. And she takes the right turn. I contributed a little bit. So just the give and take there needs to exist. And right now it's, it's not giving and I'm not taking any of it. I, I do not like these two. And I hope 
that they give us a little bit more something for us to root for or enjoy. The next time on with them was Kara drinking with a friend and, you know, not loving the relationship. So we'll see where they go from here. I'm not banking on a lot from them, Chappelle. I think this season mm-hmm. we've seen everything we're going to see from them and it's just going to be the samey samey for me. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So then let's move on to a couple that just when you think you've seen everything, and you no. know them, you know what they're about, you know what they're doing. There's a new thing added to the mix. I am of course talking about Bilal and Shaida. So this is a big episode for Bilal and Shaida. There are about 68 days left into the uh, road to the wedding. So not a lot of days have passed, about three weeks has passed. And um, Bilal goes to his, I believe goes to either play ball with his son or his son has a game that he's taking him to, which means Zaina, his daughter, is going to be hanging out with Shaida. And, you know, they try and discuss what they should do together. And Shaida gets uh, told by Zaina, I would love to learn how to make a Trinidad dish, specifically curry. Like, oh, perfect. Let's do that. And to Shaida, this is a good chance for her to show that she's ready for motherhood. Now, this gets a little bit like we get a lot out of this conversation. But initially, she's showing Zaina how to skin the chicken, lime it, clean the chicken. Um. I have never seen chicken be cleaned like that before. It was a very new experience for me, Chappelle. Well, she said it was cultural. She said, like, in mm-hmm. Trinidad, you got to do it like this. You got to wash the chicken like you're cleaning your lady parts. And so you got to, you got to scrub. You got to make sure it's clean, clean. And so she was getting in there. And uh, uh, Zaina was uh, uncomfortable, you know. I, like, I don't know why. if she was like, yeah, I don't know if she was uncomfortable, like, like get me out of here uncomfortable. But she definitely said it was awkward uh, because she had never had anybody talking to her like that, especially when it comes to cooking uh, chicken. So um, that that was a tough part to watch because you could tell Shahida was trying to really level with her and just be funny and, you know, and have mm-hmm. fun with the moment. Like a peer. But, right, right, right. But Zayna was kind of like, mm, I don't know about that because she's still trying to get to know her. As, and she's not only trying to get to know her as a person, this is her potential stepmom. And so for her, she's like, you know, from like a peer standpoint, this might be cool, but potentially from the woman who is, who wants me to call her mom or a variation of mom in like a few minutes, I, maybe I don't want to talk to you about that. You know, it's like some things you don't want to talk to your parents about. Like, I don't need to hear about how your parents uh, treat their, their, their private parts. Um, and so, you know, maybe that was why it was so uncomfortable for her. Um, she also has a dad who's kind of uptight. And so maybe she just hasn't had a lot of adults speaking to her so freely. Yeah, I feel like that's the thing they did bond on is Bilal being uptight. She was like, I'm messy too. Zayn was like, I'm messy too. I totally get it. So they did bond there. So they kind of like got into a better place. But then we did learn from Shaida that she is not happy that Yusuf and Zayna call her by her first name. So we did see a couple weeks ago that Shaida had said, you know, at some point I would love to be called Ummi. That would be great for me. And Ummi is a mom in Arabic. So it's my mm-hmm. mother in Arabic specifically. And I did not expect her to bring it up again so soon. It's been three weeks. And she openly says to Zayna, listen, I, you know, I, I kind of feel a little bit like I'm having a tough time with this because I, I'm not, you're calling me by my first name. And, you know, I feel like this is just a word that where I come from that we just call adults. You call an adult on me, um, which I feel like I've had a similar, like from where I come from, the word is like auntie, the, whether it's in Farsi or in mm. Arabic. It's like yeah. you, it's like one of your mom's friends who's about the same age 
It's like auntie. But that's kind of where I come from. So I've, Omi, like my mother is definitely different for me, but I don't know the background or any of that with, with Shaida. So she brings this up, but then Zayna very clearly tells us that yeah, I'm not ready yet. I don't think I'm there with her yet, which I totally am siding with Zayna here. I feel like Shaida should know that it's up to the kids to take to it. They've called their stepdad by the first name, so it's only natural that they're going to do the same with you, especially again, it's only been three weeks. Yeah. Um, like I'm trying to see it from Shaida's point of view because I I get it. It from her from her perspective, it's like these kids are talking to her with a level of disrespect. You know, like not actively to disrespect her, but as a person with age on them, it is customary a lot of times to show a certain level of respect. Now, the fact that it's so close to mom, it seems like that's really where they're taking issue. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I don't mind respecting you, but I'm not about to call you mom. I, you you just got here. You know, I don't know you that well. This right. might not even work out. Like, as we know, these people do not check, do not look at this as the checkout line like I do. Um, so I get the, you know, hesitancy there with uh, the kids wanting to call her that. And, and I like how Shaida handled it. She brought it up, but then she didn't push too hard. She was just kind of like, look, look where I'm coming from. For me, that just feels weird that you won't call me that because for all intents and purposes, I'm about to be your stepmom. Like, you know, just, might as well just come to terms with it because it's coming. But I feel like, you know, Zayna's like, are you about to be my stepmom? Because I've been watching you and my dad move and I don't think y'all are going to stick around. Like, I don't think this is going to last. Uh, if she's looking at this relationship like me, Puya, I wanted to rank them very low when we last talked. On episode three, I was like, Puya, this is bottom couple. We were like, no, no. That. And somehow they managed to work their way into the, into the top two after our discussion. And I was just like, it's something about this couple that just I just don't like the cut of his jib, you know, and so um <laughs> I and I and I stand by it. Every week I get a good hate in into Bilal and uh Shayida as a couple, and so I'm rooting for her, not so much him. Um so this was kind of tough to watch for me. Oh, and it's only gotten worse. Like I said, with Bilal, just when you think you've seen it all, he adds a new element to it that makes it even more difficult to ever see a road to where I'm rooting for Bilal. So let's dive into that part now. So we get past this dinner thing. It's the next day and they're having a family day. So Bilal, Shaida, the kids are going out just to hang out and stuff. And Shaida mentions in the car, like, you know, I didn't realize the day was going to be like this. We could have gone, you know, looking at doing some wedding planning or looking at some supplies because apparently you don't have a venue yet. They've not talked about playing the wedding yet. And every time it comes up, Bilal keeps trying to put it off. And we find out now that, oh, Bilal wants a prenup and apparently this is something that's been brought up before and she was not adamant on it. So Bilal fashion, prenup's still going to happen and uh, we've not talked about it anymore. Yikes. He's going to play a joke. It's a joke. It's a surprise. You know, he loves playing jokes like, hey, what if I, you know, what if I told you we lived in this house that I like, you know, and I and I led you to believe I had a lot of money. Oopsie. Like, you think this is the house we live in? Oh, my God. It's so funny. <laughs> you know, like, not since Prank Sinatra on New Girl have I seen someone be so bad at pranks who loves them. Winston right. on New Girl, at least like I laughed. No one's yeah. laughing with Bilal. No one is laughing. And so this is about to be the worst prank ever. He's about to say, remember that time I told you that we weren't going to do a prenup because you told me you really didn't want to do one. And I said, no, it's fine. Come on over to the States. Move. Uproot your whole life. Enjoy my family. Yeah, about that. Let's do the prenup. Sir, I, 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 I only have so much patience with 
this relationship. Like I said, I've hated this since the moment I saw it because I knew, I knew this man. I could see, I could see all of this coming. I tried to tell people. I was trying to warn people. I was on Twitter, like, nah, y'all giving Bilal and Shahid a whole lot. This Bilal guy, I don't think I, I don't trust him. And this is exactly why, because he moves so shysty sometimes. And then, and this is an example of that. And this poor lady, like, she just wants to talk about the wedding that she knows she's going to have because that's what y'all talked about before she got here. And you're like, oh, let's just go ride scooters. Why are you being so like so stuck up about these things? Why are you so negative? Because you keep lying to this woman. That's why she next. She don't trust you. She's scared of everything you do. She thinks the scooter gonna just blow up or something. You know, she, <laughs> nothing you've shown her is what it seems. That's why she's nervous. I I hate it so much. Chappelle, I'm looking at our power rankings from the last time you were on episode three. This mm-hmm. doesn't feel like the I, I had to double check to make sure I had the right episode number for you because we had Jibreen Miona in fifth place. We had Bilal and Shaida number one. <laughs> I fought to get them lower and you were like, no, it's fine. And I was like, no, 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 this is bad. Cause I was like, he's never going to let it go that she didn't, uh, that she didn't walk into that house and say, thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you took, you took me from my country and gave me this little tiny house that you used to live in. Like I said it. I said it then and you pushed back and I really was trying to push the gibbery and me on it. And I think that's really why the, the rankings felt like they did because I was really trying to push like this, like lost couple that they are. And I was like, Oh gosh, I barely got any traction here. <laughs> I think, I think what I did, I think I just randomly was like, okay, fuck. I'll just let Arya Binyam fall to, the, to as low as I can here. Cause I'm going to lose this Bilal uh, competition, but I've been saying since day one, I don't like him. And listen, I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong, okay? Every other week, they've been in the bottom three. It was just that one week with you were the first, and I, and I don't remember how that came right. to be. But listen, we will fix that today, okay? Guaranteed we'll fix that today. The rest Let's of the, yeah, the rest of the stuff with them was kind of a yada yada. They, they tried a scooter. Uh, Shaida tried to, got on a scooter for like the first time. She hated it, but she didn't want to rob the, fun from the kids and stuff so they do the scooter thing she then later has a one-on-one with Bilal that gets pretty bad to the point where they fight and then she says I need some time alone and you should leave and it was because she brought up him being fussy and he got so defensive about this that he kept talking to her until she would just give in to what he was saying and she's like this happens every time anytime I tell you something you throw it back in my face and it always feels like you have to win the conversation. And of course, Bilal's ass is here saying, no, there's no winning a conversation, but I can see what he's doing. I see right through his nonsense. He's absolutely trying to get the last word in every single time they talk. All he has to do is listen. He's acting like it's some like really complicated situation where I don't understand how we have a conversation you think I'm trying to win. No. She's telling you how she feels and you're responding to either correct her or to deflect. Just listen. Let this woman drag you. Just let her do it. It's not going to kill you. If she has some issues with what you've been doing, just sit there in silence and say, okay, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'll try to do better. Or, you know, uh, maybe later on we can talk about it some more. Just listen. But he's like, well, you did this and you did that. Like, Sir, just listen to this lady. But no, instead, he hops on his dumb scooter and drives off like a little kid. I was just like, this is so <laughs> dumb. Y'all are dumb. Dumb as a box of rocks, everybody. I mean, and not to say that they are stupid people. I'm sure they're fine. But this is stupid. 
Y'all should not be going through this right now. You're adults. And the fact that this man is hiding his prenup is just going to drive me crazy. I cannot wait till next week's episode because I'm going to be so angry. Yeah, And then, yeah, next week's episode is going to be wrapped around. They're on this like, uh, is it a, not a merry-go-round? What's the, the one where um, the amusement park ride where you're in the little things and it goes in a loop? Um, what am I thinking? Sound like a merry-go-round. <laughs> no, 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 not the one with the horses. The one that. Why can't I remember this? It's like a windmill motion. You know what I mean? Oh, like a Ferris wheel. Oh my God, that's what it is. It that remember, thank you. remember, and insecure when Issa was at Coachella on the on the thing with um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that's Ferris wheel, right? <laughs> yeah. So they're on yeah. this Ferris wheel, and again, the, the classic ninety day men doing the most and breaking big news in a moment that people will least expect we're on this ferris wheel we're having a good time and he's like oh yeah by the way the marriage contract came in um got the prenup set up and i was like okay it really on a ferris wheel where neither of you were prepared to talk about this and you are not a person who likes to talk about problems and now you're in a confined space where you do not get to walk out of the conversation this will go well so next week tune in when i talk about that and all that nonsense for episode 10 and i know I know Chappelle will be listening intently to the podcast to see what exactly goes down there. So if she pushed him, no jury in the world would convict her. Like, you know, I would want to hear both sides. <laughs> like if she said, like if she kicked, I would be like, well, let's hear her out. Let's see what he did. Because that's incredible. Why would you do this? I, I, yeah, I will be listening intently. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to hearing your feedback, Chappelle. All right. Let's take one more break. When we get back, we're going to talk about even Muhammad and then finish off with Emily and Kobe. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus all right so it's even muhammad time very quick episode for them we didn't get a lot quite frankly i'm happy about it i've been exhausted seeing the two of them i it, it's so difficult for me to talk about sasha shout out to sasha last week who listened to me talk about it for way too long but we get even muhammad here they get one segment Chappelle. this is right after she had gone out with her friend for a couple drinks so they're sitting outside and Muhammad comes over and says, listen, I didn't make you coffee because I wasn't sure when you were going to be awake. You told me it'd be one or two hours, but you came home around, what, 10, 1030? I was asleep. Like, 10, 1030? That is not, okay. What? Listen, not my relationship. Mm -hmm. But then we get into this conversation and uh, Eve brings up, you know, she's an independent woman and she's having a lot of difficulty 
with with Muhammad and his rules. And then she says in confessional, I'm not Muslim. He isn't in a Muslim country anymore. So immediately I knew this was going to be a tough episode. Okay. Thankfully it was quick, but um, Muhammad starts bringing up this thing a couple times. He mentions that every time your friends say they're worried about you, it makes no sense to me. I do not understand why they're worried about you, which I kind of understand where he's coming from because when you hear the word worry, it's like, I'm not doing anything. I I'm being me. And this is where the line comes in that becomes the episode title. It's an Arabic saying that translates to don't spill poison in the honey. And Muhammad currently is of the mindset that Eve's friends have made her doubt the relationship and have made her doubt who that she knows who Muhammad is because for a couple weeks now, we've been having this conversation like a merry-go-round, not a Ferris wheel that, oh, Eve potentially, you know, has been doing a lot to try and be nice and understanding towards Muhammad, his religion, his culture, his upbringing, his background. And Muhammad saying that she knew who she knows who I am. She knows what my beliefs have been, but it clearly isn't making sense here. We finally get to the bottom of this, Chappelle. So they didn't talk about it. Surprise. But Muhammad's argument was, well, she's visited me four times in Egypt. So she's seen me. She knows how I live my life. She knows what I believe in. I didn't think I'd have to explain it to her. And I, what do you make of all this? I got to know. I got to know what your take is. I want to burn this relationship with fire. Same. I if I could delete away. one couple, this is the couple. 100%. A hundred percent. I want them gone. I was listening to you and Sasha talk and I was so uncomfortable. Like I like I text you because I was just like, I don't know what else to do with the energy that I had. Because I, I, in a way, I was like, I just I know that you were spending so much emotional labor to have that conversation. So I really don't want to dwell too much on how much I hate them, but I hate them so much. Um, it, it, I don't think he's wrong. I think that like if you show up and you visit him and you see that he's praying five times a day and he has a bidet because of certain reasons and he has these thoughts and he has these actions and he has these customs and you've seen him in his natural habitat. Why do you think he would abandon all of that for you? Why? What would make you feel that way? And don't get me wrong. Y'all could have had the conversation. He's not asking you to convert. He's just asking you to respect those parts of him that he was very open with you about when you came to visit him. I do not like this woman. I just, she drives me crazy. Like the bidet thing pissed me off. It really did. It, it just, it just did. And since then, everything else she's done has pissed me off. Like it is just like constantly. And on top of all that, he, I know he says that he thinks the friends are really like making her, uh, making uh, her feel like she like, you know, can't trust him or like, like she's changing herself. But I really think it's the other way around. I think he knows that Whatever energy she's giving to her friends, whatever she's telling them, that's why they feel that way. He's like, I've been me. So what are you telling them? What are you saying to these people that makes them feel like I'm trying to convert you or I'm trying to control you or like you didn't sign up for all of this? Like, why do they feel that way? Because if you're being honest with them, you would tell them that you feel comfortable with me because you knew who I was before you told me to move here. I'm so sick of her. I need her gone, Puya. Like, I need this relationship done. I just need them to break up right now because there's no upside to this. Like, you're, she's basically telling you who you are is not somebody she wants to be with. And you're saying, I expect more, like, of me in this relationship. So what are y'all doing? Just break up. 
save us some time and stop driving everybody crazy because I want I would like physically break them up. I would like legit like step in as a producer and be like, yeah, I'm sorry, y'all have to y'all have to end this now. Like everybody has to just go their own separate ways because this is bad. This is toxic. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's honestly, like that's the thing to me. I said this episode one. My feelings haven't changed. They have the beliefs they have, both of them. They want to live their life the way they want to live their life, both of them. It is simply not compatible for each other in this relationship. This is never the idea that they're going to meld it into an eat. No, that's not going to happen. The one thing with Muhammad is he's been very clear about who he is and how he wants to live his life. How he wants to live his life will never be how I want to live my life personally, but I can see that he recognizes who he is, what he's about. We got the segment last week where talks about how being at the mosque and, and praying brings him closer to his dad who has passed away. So this is who he is simple as, and he has not hid who he is. He even in the confrontation with her says, listen, I would love to talk about this because if you think there's anything I've tried to hide from you about who I am, I would like to know because I've been very clear about who I am. And I think the problem here is Eve heard him say conversion last week when they went to the mosque about like how, ooh, if you were to convert, that would be cool or whatever. And it's just zeroed in on that and keeps using it as a defense mechanism. Well, I will never convert. And he says, you don't have to convert for me. I, I don't think that's, that's not what I want, but you know what I want. You know what I need. And that's how I'm going to be. Muhammad does say that if this doesn't work out, if she doesn't accept me for who I am, I will not be here after the 90 days. And honestly, I'm banking on it. I'm hoping that they don't see eye to eye because I think they will both be better off not being together. This relationship is doomed to fail and I am ready to say goodbye to them. I hate it so much. I I hate it so much because she's so concerned about him trying to make her convert, but it feels like she's trying to make him. Like, he's like, this is who I am. This is always who I've been. And I live by a set of tenants. And then she comes in and says, you got too many rules. Like, yeah. Yeah. But she I said, had those he, rules when you met me. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, this, he isn't in a Muslim country anymore. So like, so what? You know, there's plenty of people who practice the religion who live in this country. I don't understand how that is a thing that you can say that because I, and, and it's so difficult. Yeah. That'd be, I feel like initially, right, when we didn't have all the information, I was like, you know, I can see Eva's trying. She's trying to do all this stuff. She's trying to, she l- went through her wardrobe. She's, you know, they've talked about she's, she wants to limit her drinking for him. But then the more and more Muhammad talks, I genuinely feel like Muhammad didn't hide who he was. There is no way this man pulled a long con and pretended to be cool with stuff until he moved here and then flipped the script on her. I really don't think that's the case. I just think that when they were in vacation, she didn't think twice because she thought this is vacation version of us, which I do. I will say um, having, you know, I'm literally gone through the K1 journey. Leon and I, when we would do our monthly or bi-monthly hangouts where she would come to Montreal and I would take the bus to Montreal and we'd hang out. That was the vacation version of us. It was fun. We did. We planned. We went out for dinners. We did A, B, C, D. But at the end of the, and like some of the stuff that when we moved in with each other, it was like, oh, some of my habits were not working for Liana. Some of Liana's habits were not working for me. We talked about it. We figured it out. But the foundation of who we were, our belief systems and stuff, that did not change within moves. That did not change from vacation mode to cohabitation mode. So I, I, I think I'm, I'm team neither. Make no mistake. I'm team breakup 
for sure. Oh, yeah. But I 1000% understand Muhammad a lot more now. And I'm starting to understand Eve less because I feel like Eve simply did not notice anything with Muhammad on all those trips and is shell shocked by something that was clearly in front of her the whole time, I guess. Uh, yeah. I, it, in a way I'm trying to extend some grace. Cause I know I was just gonna like a little unkind to her right now. And so like, maybe he sold her a dream. Maybe like she, when they met up, he didn't really speak up about his like uh beliefs a lot. She tried to make her feel comfortable or something. Like maybe she just didn't think it would be that big of a deal I to him, she which would be think completely it would wrong. Impact her, Chappelle. I yeah, think that the, it was more of a oh he's gonna pra- like he's gonna be following what he's doing, and I'm gonna get to do me, and we get to be together. But I don't think she realized how many of the things she does would then cause a conflict with who he is and the expectations he has in the relationship. And likewise, I don't think he put any thought to that either. I think both of them just came in thinking it'll be great, which that's why you're on 90 day. Yeah, they they were wrong. And that's why they're on 90 day. If it was going to be great, if these people were right, if they had taken the the time to talk about religious beliefs and things of that nature, then uh, they wouldn't be on this show. But you got to remember, Muhammad is 25 years old. Eve, you damn near 50. That means you lived a long life to where you know how people's religious beliefs, like how they, uh, how they are. You know how people like latch onto their religious belief and how important they are to people. So why are you at playing brand new and you didn't almost live twice as long as this man? Like he's a, he, I don't want to say he's a child, but listen, this is a, this man is a baby in comparison to you. You really got to be more mature than this. You should have had that conversation. Not to let him off the hook, but this is what you get for going to date a 25-year-old. That's what you get. Mm-hmm. He, 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 ain't, he wasn't all there like you are. You're like Women mature faster than men in general, and now you are do- like twice his age. So I'm, I'm putting the onus at her. And also just because I don't like the way she talks about his religion. I just don't. I don't oh, like when same. you say you're not in a Muslim country, so why would I like, well, why are you talking about that here? He's not leaving like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get together, but leave that Muslim shit at the door. Like, are you kidding me? Like, well, ma'am, calm down. So, yeah, that's, I don't, it makes me feel gross talking about them. So I need them to break up. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say one last thing, and then we can move on from them. I feel like when they had come back from that first outing where she, uh, he met her friends, she said she understood that they were judging him and that he felt disrespected. She said she got, she understood where he was coming from. She got that and she wanted to put it behind them. But then when he brings up that he feels like, you know, they keep questioning him, she found it to be rude in this instance. And to me, if I move in from somewhere else and I'm getting like, oh, you you've never had sex with it. You you've never you watch. Por- do you watch porn? Is it, And like I'm under the microscope or the magnifying glass or whatever. It does. It will make me feel like I'm not accepted. And that is how I think Muhammad felt. Muhammad felt like he didn't pass their test. And now anytime they hang out, obviously he's going to have that, that worry or that thought. And I feel like part of it didn't help. Like, you know, she said a couple hours, she comes in a little later. Of course, he's going to immediately equate it to, wow, your your friends are, you know, in like your, your friends are causing you to do this or whatever. So this relationship is bad. I would like for them to end and we're going to end up, we're going to stop talking about them. And thankfully, thankfully the 90 day gods thanked us and blessed us. Chappelle, 
They are not on next week. It's their it's their off week. I'm so stoked because whew, I need to yeah. move on. <laughs> no, they're gross. I, like I said, like I'm sure they're uh, fine people separately outside of this relationship, but together, I don't need it. I just you, when you start talking about people's religion, you really start to like get under my skin a little bit. Like you really need to just be respectful of people's beliefs. And mm-hmm. if y'all can't respect each other's beliefs, you need to separate. I, I, all the rest of the stuff, you could probably work out money issues, prenups, all that stuff. Like that stuff is stuff that if you communicate, you talk it through, whatever, you can figure that out. But if you are diametrically opposed in your, the way you want to live your life, you should be living your life separately. You said it. Better than I ever could have, Chappelle. Thank you for that. Really do appreciate that, bro. Okay. Last but not least, let's talk about Emily and Kobe. And one more uncomfortable conversation here that I'm ready to dissect with my guy here. So Emily and Kobe, last we saw them, they had the the whole shut the F up drama that happened where she felt disrespected by him. He apologized, but also she was definitely bossing him around and he's he got tired of that. Anyway, we've completely skipped into 40 days in with them. 59 days to wed is where they're at right now. Emily takes him on a little date to their neighbor's house to ride some horses, go horseback riding. Ultimately, they were, it was not like completely horseback riding. They were just on horses going around this little area, (laughs) but they looked like they were having fun. It was very fun to see Kobe on the horse for the first time, enjoying himself. It was very sweet, but that is not really where we're going to be focusing this conversation on Chappelle, but let me know what you thought about Emily and Kobe coming in here. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud Texan. Uh, I love uh, horseback riding. This is fun. So I was happy to see them kind of having this moment because I've not always been sure about them as a couple. They have a lot of like she was driving me crazy with the whole with the whole baby thing. Like, let this man see his child. Um, of course, this is another couple that does not understand money. They just don't get it. Um, they, they, they might get it, but they've decided that, or at least Emily's decided at the very least that uh, my parents got money. So I don't need to understand money. Like me and Kobe don't have to worry about that because y'all can pay for everything. And that's probably like the biggest if issue for me here is that regardless of what her parents think or, or whatever, it's come, it's going to come down to y'all not being able to afford to have this relationship. Like y'all are living off the kindness of others. And eventually your parents are not going to stay out of your relationship if they're funding everything and we'll see throughout this episode that you are asking them to take a back seat and not give their opinion but you also want their dollars and I don't think that's realistic yeah so that is pretty much where we focus is money and her family so obviously they all live under this roof and one thing she doesn't like is that the family is getting to see a lot and also speak on a lot which that part I understand but also I get that you're, you're under their roof and, and under their financial support. So, of course, they're going to chime in. That's a, I would assume they were going to chime in. But she goes to her dad and mom to sit. They've sat down to ask them for money for the wedding. She knows it will hurt Kobe's pride, but she they need money for the wedding that she has in mind. So she brings that up and she says, you know, I'm worried about money for the wedding. Would you help with that? And this is where the dad starts really taking on the villain role for me. So the dad mentioned that currently they're paying for everything with Emily and that if he's going to pay for anything else, he wants proof that Kobe can provide for the family. Now, this is something that we touched on briefly last week, and I did get a good Twitter exchange in my mentions with a couple of people talking about 
the legalities of the situation. So I'll, I'll bring that up here. So when the foreign counterpart of the couple moves to the States, the American counterpart takes full financial responsibility for that person. And it's not just until they get married. It's up to 10 years later. It goes until that person either leaves the country, gets their green card. Um, and there's a couple more other factors. So basically you've signed and agreed to this stipulation. So when her dad keeps mentioning stuff like he's going to have to prove blah, blah, blah. It's like, look at Emily. Emily is your daughter. Emily is the one who brought him here. You've signed off on this. So do not put all this pressure on this man when he cannot literally cannot work right now. He cannot do anything right now. And he's not the one asking you for money right now. So I just felt like from this conversation on, it was getting a little uncomfortable for me. And then it all topped off with the the mom giving the recap of, well, you know, honestly, we have some concerns about your relationship because I saw that, that argument you got into. And then they retell the story of um, the shut the F up, which the dad says, that's inappropriate. That's very rude. Like, yeah, there was not a good conversation, but both parties were being very rude to each other in that moment. Mm-hmm. Emily be talking crazy, too. She do. Uh, they both be talking crazy to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's not wrong. They are. That is rude. But y'all both guilty of being rude. And so that's not enough for me to be like, well, dad's right. He should be really questioning the validity of his relationship with Kobe alone. Like he should be talking to Emily and be like, why do y'all not respect each other? You know, like you could talk to both of them about this kind of thing. Um, But ultimately, Emily just wanting her parents to kind of take care of them in the meantime is in her way, like in some weird way, her, her like her way of providing financial stability for Kobe, which is so wrong. But also now Emily's dad, who seems to be like a traditional guy, he's like, oh, well, Kobe, you're the man of the house. You're going to be taking care. You're going to be feeding a lot of mouths like I am. So what are you going to do? What's your plan? What's all this other stuff? Like this man can't even work for a while. So, yeah, he could plan all he want. But what is Emily doing? Seriously, in the meantime, like in the interim, what is she doing? It's up asking you for money for the wedding. You could be asking for anything right now. You could be asking for if you if you want money for something, maybe ask for, I don't know, first and last month's rent at an apartment, you know, or something. Maybe, hey, instead of a big wedding, why don't you pay $50 for the courthouse wedding like um, that other couple was going to do and then backdoor and use the the money that you were going to pay on the wedding to start your own house hold you know a family to get an apartment or something like that like emily's priorities are all screwed up and so yeah her dad is protective over her but he should really be focusing his attention a little bit more on her too as opposed to just taking it all out on kobe from my point of view yeah it's it's very very difficult to listen to because then the parents not only then just you know start meddling again and just sing a little bit more trying to give their input They say that, you know, the dad says literally word for word, he thinks she's getting married for the sake of getting married. She's like, I don't know why you would say that. He's like, well, you know, so soon. He's like, yeah, well, I didn't decide on the 90 days. It's 90 days. I'm not going to repeat myself that the marriage is happening. Stop it. Um, Mm -hmm. But then the parents say, all we're saying is you do have a choice. I mean, yes, uh, I do or I don't. That is the choice. Thanks, parents. But here's where I had qualms with, okay? So they talk about the mom specifically talks about how she's like, you know, if at the start of a relationship, it's it's supposed to be rainbows and sunshine and it's like the honeymoon phase. So if it's starting rough like this, then who knows where it's going to go, ma'am, 
They have a two-year-old son together. They've been together for two plus years. This is not the beginning of the relationship. It might be the beginning of them living together relationship, but they've been together far longer than the two, three, two months or one month right now that they've been living together under one roof. Obviously, personalities are going to clash. Decisions are going to clash. They're going to have complex problems they need to talk through. So that was something that I definitely was like, this is not the start of the relationship. Don't yeah. make it seem as such. Right. They they really want this to be something that she rushed into and really didn't think a lot about. But these two people have been, they have a child together. Like at this point, they're all in. It's just a matter of now that they're all in, how are they going to live their life moving forward? And so it's reasonable to have concerns. Like they, and, and you know, and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that they don't really know him that well, you know, like whatever. But you have to go ahead and take her word for it. Like, what are you going to do? Put your foot down and say they can't get married. Uh, the, at best, you can give some advice when asked and then also be quiet and let them live their lives. Um, but again, when you're financially tied to the situation, it makes you a little bit more, um, um, it makes you feel like you have more input, I think, because you don't want to put your money towards something or invest in something that's not going to work out. So when she comes to them asking about a wedding, they're like, well, why? So since we're talking about this wedding, how uh, are we really going to get our money's worth here? Like when we pay for this wedding, are y'all going to stay together? Or are you out here playing? Cause y'all don't respect each other and y'all barely know each other. It seems, and y'all don't get along all the time. So I don't think her dad, her dad and mom are wrong for having concerns, but they're definitely wrong about the way they're going about um, addressing them. Now, her dad having the one-on-one conversation with Kobe, that was interesting, but um, I think he handled it, I guess the best he could. I, I, have, I do have some complaints. Yeah, so the last thing I want to say about this conversation with Emily before we jump into the one-on-one that ended the episode with Emily, uh, with Kobe and uh, Emily's dad is that when they were talking about you know money stuff with Emily, Emily was like, yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll sort it out. It'll be fine. And the dad rightfully says, you know, I'm not sure there's any evidence of that. So again, I feel like Emily has not really shown to be financially responsible or has never been put in a place where she's had to be financially responsible, if that makes sense. I feel like she's not really had that part gone, which I feel like then unfairly you're putting it on Kobe's shoulders. Again, like you said, I think the man of the house conversation that is about to come in here. So Kobe is staying home today with the dad, Uh, Emily and Emily's mom took Coben to see grandma. So they're gone for the day. So the dad takes him downstairs. They open a beer up and he starts saying, you know, I have some serious concerns. I need to know what your plans are for the future. Like, what do you have going on right now? What are some of the plans you might have? And Kobe brings up, you know, we've talked, we've discussed it, you know, potentially maybe go back into modeling, but I know that where we are right now, it's not really something that could be probably possible. And, you know, she told me you're an architect and I feel like something that could be cool is something I've done in the past. You know, since you have a whole company, you can maybe train me and and one day I can take over the company to keep it in the family. When he said this, I was like, you are out of your mind, Kobe. This is wishful thinking at best. I genuinely thought he was like, you could train me and I could work for you. That's where I thought was good. When he said take over, I was like, sir, you've been here a month and this dad is not approving of you yet. I don't think you know that that's not going to work out for you. And obviously the dad had some off-putting comments about it. Uh, I blame Emily again. I'm sorry. I do. Because there is no way he came up with that on his own. Like Emily basically said, like my dad and mom got money. They got a successful Billion business. Billion percent. 
Yeah. And so if you get nice with my dad, he'll like, you could take over the family business. We don't have to get real jobs because then she very much is giving me like the energy of someone who does not want to actually go out and do any of the things that her family expects for him to do. Um, so yeah, she's like, your dad could train you up. You got an engineering background a little bit. You know some things from civil engineering back in Cameroon. So you should be good here. But we find out that, um, as far as like his formal education goes, he doesn't have a college degree, any certifications or anything like that that could be utilized here in America to let her dad know that this is somebody he could even, uh, trust with working for his company, let alone like running the company or inheriting the company. Mm -hmm. I think COVID has a better chance of inheriting this company than uh, Kobe. And so, yeah, it was such a gutsy ask, but I, again, I just know she planted that in his head because there's no way he just showed up and thought like, yeah, your dad who kind of seems indifferent to me is going to give me your company. Like this is, this is something from the inside. I think she set this one up. Um, Maybe not on purpose. I don't know. She thought that he was just going to come out and ask because Dear God, this was an embarrassing conversation, but <laughs> I feel like that some pillow talking might have led him to believe that this is where this uh, business opportunity is going to lead, you know, and I and I just I think he's so wrong. He is so wrong. Like, yeah, he could not be wronger. Well, I think the fact that the two things that came up were like they had discussed that he could go back into modeling and the architecture takeover just very clear that they didn't have a deep enough realistic conversation about Listen, if the, when the work permit comes through, like any job, we need any job. If we're trying to move out, we need to start accumulating some funds and moving out. I don't think that was the conversation. Like you said, I think it was more of the um, wishful thinking of we can have the easier way out of either you take over dad's business or you slip back into the modeling life and that'll work out well. Obviously, not that realistic right now. So the and this is where the dad starts like, I feel like I didn't like the way he approached this, but he's like, Wait, so architect, did you have a license in Cameroon? Like, I don't know how it works, but did you have a license? Uh, no. Oh, did you have a degree? You must have had a degree. No, I actually finished high school. Oh, so yeah, no, if to do that here, you need a four to five year program and you've got to figure out a way to pay for that. I was like, okay, well, you know, might as well just spit in his face and walk out. Like, I don't know why you're trying to run him through the coals and embarrass him like this, but whatever. Do you, father? Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. It's a realistic conversation that he has to have with him at some point. But I, yeah, it's like the tone of the conversation because it's one of yeah. those things that's like, listen, I understand that you're a civil engineer in your country, but here you don't have the credentials. So let's, you know, create a plan where it's like, okay, let's say you went to go to school for four or five years. Then we can work this out. You could have XYZ, blah, blah, but you're going to need to get financial aid. Y'all are going to have to apply for that. Da, 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 da. Like there's a way you have that conversation where it's constructive. And this just kind of felt like he was almost, I won't say admonishing him, but almost like, scoffing at his like attempt to seize the company <laughs> like sir you barely got a degree like you, you ain't even got no degree bro you ain't got no certifications it's gonna take you at least five years and you ain't got no money like it, it felt like he was throwing it in his face so i agree with you but again people on this show don't understand how money works because did you see how happy kobe was when he was able to say you know did emily tell you how much money i came over here with you know what i'm saying i look Got yeah. a few stacks like, on me. I have four thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, he was grinning like, yeah, yeah, you know, I had a little something stashed away. Sir, do you see the price of gas? Do you see the price of gas right now? Six dollars a gallon. Sir, that four thousand dollars gonna last you two and a half weeks. Well, um, that's the thing, is that um I'm one on Reddit, uh username, let me shout him out. Uh KI underscore Mac posted this on the 90 day Reddit uh, about nine hours ago. 
They used a purchasing power parity calculator to see how much 40K is equal to in Cameroon. And it came to about 4,000 USD in Cameroon will be able to get the same amount of services as $912,000 in the US. So it is incredibly difficult for Kobe to be able to save that much money and come over. So he's actually, you know, this to me says that he worked hard to make sure he can come through with something, which obviously he didn't check the conversion rate to see how little that would get them, how far that would get them. So I 100% agree with that. But I see the hard work he put in. And then I see what, yeah. And he came, you know, he came through. He's like, I, listen, I did this pretty, you know, pretty impressive. But then obviously the dad kind of shoots the dreams down by saying, yeah, that's not a lot of money here. That might last you a couple months. So that might not do you a lot. And then this is where Kobe tells us, you know, $4,000 in Cameroon, it would give you a year in an apartment comfortably, like you're fine there. And this is now where the conversation kind of ends, where the dad says, you need to sit down with Emily and talk about the budget. Emily has no clue how to do this. So essentially telling me, you're putting all of this on Kobe's shoulders. You know it's doomed to fail because you have not been able to talk to Emily about budgeting before. She has no idea. But you're saying, Kobe, you're new here. You don't know how much $4,000 converts to. But by all means, teacher. What? How? How is this the move? I think the move here should be, I will pay for your wedding if you sit down with me and whatever professional or just me and and my wife or whatever, and we work out a plan. But I will not pay for the wedding until we work out a plan. That way you don't just give Emily what she wants. You don't put all the onus on Kobe who clearly, like you said, he clearly like tried really hard to raise his money. $4,000 in Cameroon is not something to scoff at, but to bring it here and like the dad to be like, what are you doing? Like, $4,000 is nothing. What are you talking about? It's like, this man is trying. I have not seen Emily try yet. So what I would like for you to do is sit down with them and help them devise a plan. And if they don't want to devise a plan, then you keep your wedding money because there's mm-hmm. no point of you giving your daughter this lavish ass wedding that she don't, she has not earned. She's just getting it because you gave birth to her at some point. Like y'all are the reason why she's around. So now she expects you to pay for this, but you have to hold her accountable. This is not all on like, well, Kobe's the man of the house. And so now he should be the one to set this all up. Help him out. Help them out. Do you want to see them succeed or not? Because you've been babying Emily up to this point And now look at it. You're like, she doesn't know how to budget. She doesn't know how to pay bills. Whose fault is that? That ain't Kobe's fault. That's your fault. You've been on this woman her whole life and you ain't taught her a jack squat about how to live on her own. And now you're looking at Kobe like, well, she's your problem now. No, sir. You don't get to do that. You have to help them out. So I would like to see him take a more active role in the planning if he's going to have so much damn, uh, th- so much damn to talk about, you know, throughout the, uh, the, out the series. Like if you're going to be that vocal, then you have to say, okay, well, I'm going to help you. And not in like some condescending ass, like you ain't got the degree to get that. It's going to take you four years. Sit down and show these people how to do that thing. You can help these people. So I'm rooting for Kobe and Coben. <laughs> uh, you know, that's all I can say. When I when I eventually become a father-in-law, I want to be the father-in-law that Chappelle is. That's what I'm learning. That's what I'm. Uh, <laughs> that's that's who I'm going to aspire to be is father-in-law Chappelle because that was yeah. knowledge dropped down on the podcast. So thank you for that, Chappelle. Now the next time on makes everything you just talked about. 
even more wild because Emily is going wedding dress shopping and we find out that she, you know, has told us very vocally she's she wants a nice ring. She doesn't like the ring she has. It's like a like a like a placement ring for now. She went ahead and bought herself a ring and has not told Kobe about it. And well, who money? Great question. Where where did this ring come from? My God. Yeah, I'm not ready. This family's in shambles. Everything is shambles. I'm just again team Kobe, team Cobin, especially the quadruple team Cobin. My God, this is going to get ugly before it's good. Well, well, whose money? I just need to know. Well, who's <laughs> well, whose money? I know you didn't use that man's four thousand dollars to go. I know you didn't. I know. No, I, I don't know think it's that didn't. money. She doesn't know how much that money is. He has not told her yet. Well, whose money? Which account? Somebody, which credit card did this come yeah. out of? Well, what are you doing? That's what I'm saying, lady. You ain't. Oh man, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear about it. I don't know who you got coming up next as a guest, but they better bring it because I'll be listening and I'm going to be like, uh, this, like, boo, hiss. I'm going to be so mad at this woman. I know. I know you're not about to go use some money you ain't got. Everybody on the show, that's all y'all do is use money y'all ain't got. People buying wedding dresses and rings and all kinds of stuff. Okay. Y'all ain't even got your own place to live. Priorities, <laughs> please. I would you know? love access uh, to this money. Right. Like, Where's no, mine? Yeah, inconsequential money like this uh, that comes out of thin air. Sign me money up. to blow. Sign me up. Where's mine? Jeez, man, <laughs> I, I'm living. I'm living wrong. Look, never mind. I take back everything I said. I need to be more like y'all. Let me let me be like the people on this show, where I just don't. I don't care about money. I'm just living off of vibes and creativity and um, scooters and you know. It's just like what are, what are, what are these people doing? What do they have that I don't have? Because uh, I, I got good sense and I traded in to be able to live without worrying about bills. That would listen, that would be nice to not have to worry or stress or think about stuff like that. I feel like my skin would thank me for that. I feel like my body would thank <laughs> me for that. But sadly, I've been cursed with logic and with worry and with stress and with real life expectations. Which is the ghetto, 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 ghetto. We don't oh, want it. God, the struggle. All right. Well, Chappelle, speaking of struggle, we got a before we leave, get this updated power ranking going and then Ugh. ship out. So if we must, I'm assuming you want Bilal and Shade in last place? No, I can't do it. Uh, the way I want Eve and Muhammad away from each other, it's just going to drive you. me crazy. See, that's what I'm saying. Bilal and Shade, they always do this. They creep up the rankings because other people just shouldn't even be on the show. Get mm-hmm. get Eve and Muhammad out of here. They're last. Agreed. Agreed. Um, do you want to go then Jibri and Mio in a first place? Is that where you're ending? Um Yeah. Then he guys start getting some doubts. Uh but let's I, I could do um what uh, just I could do car and Guillermo in in first place because that's so boring. Nothing <laughs> about, you know. I mean, they were second place the last time they were on, so that could work. We'll give them yeah. first, but you are right though. I feel like if this was any other episode, we could easily put Jibri and Miona first, but the fact that there are now some doubts planted on both ends doesn't spell well, so they will drop down to second. I can do that mm-hmm. easily. So we do that. That leaves us with three couples to go, and that is Patrick and Thais, that is Bilal and Shaida and Emily and Kobe. I think Patrick and Thais we put in third place. Yeah, I'm fine with that. That like they 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 got to get over some trust issues. They shouldn't be together, but whatever. 
Maybe I'd even I'd probably put Emily and Kobe above them actually because I think Emily and Kobe could actually probably cohabitate long term. Whereas Patrick and Thais, she doesn't like him. She just needs to come to terms with the fact that she doesn't. She doesn't trust this man. So if it's me, I'd put Emily and Kobe a, a pinch over them just because. All right. At least they at least they like each other. I can do that. I can. I mean, I think even last week they both like they're in the same spots, third and fourth. They just swapped around with this new mm-hmm. one where Emily and Kobe are third. I feel like that's a very middle like it makes sense there's not really much to separate them but that does default fifth place to Bilal and Shaida which I do think I agree with I think they can only go lower next week with the prenup discussion coming up um Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. and even Muhammad are not there either so they, they look pencil them oh, in for last place last place is calling their name yeah I'm excited uh next week I will be having the person who debuted the power rankings with me, Rob Sesternino, coming on to make his first hey, takes hey. on the show. So, yeah, we'll see what Rob thinks of them all. I'm excited to find out his takes. But, Chappelle, I cannot thank you enough for going near two hours here with me, man, to discuss all of this. It's always a fun time talking to you. And I think it's a blessing and a curse that we did Bel Air together because the fact that it's off the air, it makes me not want to hang up this call. You know what I mean? It's been too long for you. We don't we don't podcast nearly enough, uh, just in general. And so I I am very happy that you invite me into the ninety day world to give my ridiculous takes and to complain and to rant and to annoy all the listeners and you know whatever. If they start giving you bad reviews, just blame it on me because I know it's my fault. But thank you for having me. I, I had the time of my life. I really did, bro. It's gonna be nothing but positive. I already know. I already know. You're yeah. always a a great time, guaranteed. Let the people know what other projects do you have going on? Where else can they find you if they're trying to get a little bit more Chappelle in their lives? I got a lot going on. I'm not going to lie to you. This is a heavy week for me. Um, so over on the Purple Pants podcast with Bryce Isaiah and uh, Sharia Lloyd from uh, Survivor, uh, we are talking about P-Valley season uh, two. And so uh, we are two episodes in. So catch that whenever it drops. I think it'll drop probably tomorrow. Um, but uh, check out our recaps because we're having a good time over there on the Pro Pants podcast. Um, also on Rob has a podcast uh, with Rob Sesson, you know, your guest for next week. I'm talking about Netflix shows on nothing but Netflix, uh, our podcast where we recently covered um, the movie Hustle with Adam Sandler. It's a basketball movie. It was very good. And this week, we will be covering uh, Halftime, the movie about Jennifer Lopez and her disdain for Shakira, apparently. Um, and so, uh, check that out because we're always having a good time on nothing but Netflix. Um, also on Rob Has a Podcast, I think this week we're going to be covering Celebrity Exorcism. Myself, Rob, and Jenny Autumn will be talking about a horrible uh, television movie thing that's on Tubi, <laughs> I think. Um, and so I've watched it a couple times and I'm very excited to talk about it. So check that out. If you're missing your Jenny Autumn content, we're going to deliver that to you this week. Um, over on the Shit 90 Shows Taught Me podcast, I'm talking about Boy Meets World. I, they they love tagging me in uh, over there. I'm having a time of my life popping in, uh, talking about that show. I love Boy Meets World. So if you're a fan of Boy Meets World or Dawson's Creek or other random 90s uh, like properties, then uh, subscribe to the Shit 90 Shows Taught Me podcast and check that out and listen to me talk about this random episode of Boy Meets World where uh, Ben Savage's real life brother shows up and he's a creep on the show and he turns out to be a creep in real life. So uh, a little art imitating life there. And then uh, also on Silent Podcast this week, myself, Gia Worthy and Jason O are going to be talking about um, Abbott Elementary as a crossover episode with Survivor. 
It's very weird, but we're going to talk about how Ava on Abbott Elementary has watched Survivor and what seven seasons she might have watched. And we're going to talk that out this week on Silent Podcast. <laughs> so uh, do all of that to say, busy week for Chappelle, a lot of Chappelle content coming, uh, but I'm just having a good time doing all of this. And so thank you for having me and follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show, where I'll be tweeting out all those links as they drop. Knowing how much you have going on, it makes me appreciate you for accepting to do this on short notice even more, man. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chappelle. Um, people can find me on Twitter at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya with the podcast being on Big Brother off season right now. That's where I'm spending most of my time. So come through, say hi is always appreciated. And if you could leave a rating or review for this podcast, it would mean the world to me. It allows people to find this podcast. It gives me feedback on what you think of the show. You can do so over on robaswebsite.com slash 90 day fiance. So that's the number 90 day fiance, one word. And uh, that is all we have for you today. We are at the destination at the hot mess express, but we'll be back next week to fire up the engine once again and talk all about 90 Fiance episode 10 but until then take care have a good one bye it is Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.